0: Are you one of those uh, type of persons that likes to make New Year's resolutions? Uh, maybe even instead of a resolution, you have uh, just a single word. I've done that for, for, for many years, just a single word, kind of as a focal point uh, for the coming year. Uh, by the way, Happy New Year, Valley family. Big shout out to our Poughkeepsie campus and those that are joining us online. Absolutely phenomenal. On December 30th, we had over 1,111 People online. We had 1,111 devices, uh, many of which had multiple people around them watching online. We were so thrilled to be able to give a break to the staff uh, and to so many volunteers, literally hundreds of volunteers. And here we are now, 2019, uh, and, and we're kicking off this brand new series uh, that we're calling Selfless New Year Less Me. And, and, and really, a lot of times when we talk about resolutions as starting out a New Year or even a one word thing, uh, A lot of times it focuses on us, you know, on on how I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to be better at this, I want to be better at that, Um, and and the reality is in this series, instead of focusing more on us, we want more of God and less of us, because ultimately, that's not to say resolutions are bad or wrong, like I said, I have a word that that I pray about uh, that is a focal point for my whole year, last year it was the word refresh, uh, and, and this year is the word uh, elevate. Uh, and and but that's not for me personally only. It's also to elevate others, to lift other people up. Of course, to lift God up. Uh, so maybe I'll be talking about that a little bit more in the future. But in this series, uh, we're talking about being selfless, growing more like God, more like Jesus Christ and His character, being other centered and not as much centered on ourself. And and that's really the tragedy that happens a lot of times is that uh, when it comes to God, instead of surrendering to His will and what He he wants. Uh, really, we see him as a tool to get what we want, or we think he's a tool. Uh, he's really not. He's the creator of the cosmos, not just a big, huge Santa Claus in the sky. And, and so a lot of times you think about our prayers, what do we say? God, help me. God, bless me. God, protect me. God, make my life better. Make me happier. Make me richer. Me, 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 me. And the more me we get, the more miserable we get. That's why this series, I think, is so important to kind of set the tone for this year of 2019. Because it's not about us getting our own way. And a lot of times, you know, I run into people, it's happened several times, that, you know, oh, I tried God, it didn't work. And what they're really saying is, He didn't do what I wanted Him to. He didn't follow my demands. What kind of God would if He really is God? You know, we need to become less self-centered and more selfless. In fact, Jesus put it this way. If you have your Valley app, go ahead and open it up and follow along. We're going to be looking at a lot of scripture today uh, that, again, I, I think it's important for us to understand uh, really how, how, what a biblical framework and mindset this is. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he, he said, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Must deny themselves, not more of them, me, 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 less of me, more of God. Deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And so let me give you a quick outline of the four weeks in this series of where we're going. Uh, Today I want to talk about growing bold, being bold in our faith. Next week we're going to talk about uh, this week, grow bold. Next week, serve strong. Uh, The following week, week number three, bless big. Uh, And then the final week is give glory. And so today we're going to be talking about God used me to reach more people, even if I'm laughed at and I'm ridiculed. Next week when we talk about serve strong, God used me to serve, even if it makes me uncomfortable to get outside my comfort zone. Two weeks from now we're going to be looking at uh, bless big. God enabled me to bless more, even if it means personal sacrifice. And then the, the final week of our series, Giving Glory to God, God, empower me more to do everything for your glory, even if it pushes me. And so that's where we're headed in this series, and, and, and I want to talk about growing in our boldness. Grow bold today. Uh, think about it for just a minute. In, in the Gospels, the disciples had been with Jesus for three years. Uh, they, they had seen... Uh, him heal the sick, they'd seen him open blind eyes, they'd seen him raise the dead, and and then it comes to this point in the Gospels where where Jesus tells them, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to give my life, I'm going to lay my life down as a sacrifice, and I'm going to die, and three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead, and so we we know what happened according to the scripture and history that Jesus died a a, a brutal death on the cross, And, and three days later, he rose from the dead, And you would think the disciples, he gave them a heads up. He told them what he was going to be doing. And you would think that they would have been, what, out there preaching? You know, hey, Jesus is the man. He rose from the dead. We're so excited. He said he was going to do this. But that's not at all the character of the disciples at the time. In fact, look at what it says in John chapter 20, verse 19 at the beginning. It says, that Sunday evening, this is the Sunday that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They were scared to death. You know, I I think for for many of us, we can relate to this because we're scared to death when it comes to being bold in our faith for Jesus Christ. Uh, It wasn't that they didn't know enough. (laughs) It it wasn't that Jesus hadn't taught them enough enough. They had just not grown in their boldness. I can remember uh, one time uh, when I was in college, I did an internship uh, with the youth ministry at the church there that I attended. And, and I remember as a youth leader, uh, the, the youth pastor decided, you know what, we need to encourage and, and help the kids to grow in their boldness. And so on a Saturday morning, he chose a neighborhood. We, we all met together. And one youth leader had to go with two students and go door to door knocking on people's doors and saying listen good morning i have a question for you if you died tonight do you know if you would go to heaven or hell and i'm supposed to be a youth leader and i can't tell you i mean still i'm like okay i got a cold i just broke out in a cold sweat telling a story it was just so uncomfortable for me, and, and what made it more uncomfortable, I knew some people that lived in the neighborhood there in Pensacola, Florida, and I was like, oh gosh, I hope we don't, he doesn't make us go down this street. So we spent like two hours just knocking on doors, and I want to tell you, that, that that's not my thing. That is totally not my thing. I died a thousand deaths that day, and I can still see it so vividly in my memory. It was 30 years ago, over 30 years ago. The disciples were scared to death. They're behind locked doors. Totally scared to death. Let's look at the rest of the verse, the next one. It says, that Sunday Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Don't you know they needed some peace? Maybe it was because he just walked through the wall, but maybe it's because they were just scared and timid. And lack courage and boldness in their faith. Really not trusting in God at all. See, I think this year God wants to move me and move you and move the whole Valley family. From selfish to selfless. I'm not saying every one of us is a big old baby, but you know what? Every one of us needs to grow. Myself included. From selfish to selfless. From being timid in our faith to really being bold. Fast forward, Acts chapter 2, after Jesus ascends to our Heavenly Father, after teaching the disciples for 40 days, Holy Spirit's poured out. Peter, who denied Him three times when when Jesus was uh, on the cross, when He was on trial and on the cross, Peter stands up and he preaches on the day of Pentecost, and he concludes this, the, the sermon to the crowd and he says, This Jesus, whom you crucified, God has made both Savior and Lord. And it says 3,000 of those gathered in the crowd turned and repented that day. 3,000 people. Peter, who denied Jesus to a little girl on the night that Jesus was betrayed, stands up and 3,000 people turn. And receive Christ and turn from their sins. What, what, what made the difference? What made the difference? And, and he continued to you see this boldness over and over uh, in the disciples' lives. In, in fact, fast forward to Acts chapter four, same thing, uh, preaching with, with uh, Peter and John with great boldness, and, and between three and 5,000 people repent of their sins, and they're brought before uh, the uh, priests and the captain of the temple guard, and they're confronted. The, the high priest and the temple guard confront Peter and John. Look at what it says, Acts chapter four, verse eight and time. Then, then Peter, verses eight through 10. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, see, the Holy Spirit is in your life and my life to bring us boldness, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man when a crippled man was healed? Do you want to know how he was healed? It goes on and it says, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. How about that? Crowds, thousands and thousands receiving Christ, miraculous healings, they're brought before him and you would think, this is the guy, again, Peter, who denied Jesus from a little girl and instead he goes, this is the one, the man that you crucified. Incredible, incredible boldness. See, here's the thing about boldness. Is we, we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. I mean, think about it. We do this all the time, don't we? You know, my, 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 uh, the team that I root for wins. Woo, I'm going to post something. I do that all the time. You know, uh, the team that I root for wins. Boom, I'm going to post something. Go to a new restaurant. Oh, my goodness, you got to go try this. You tell everybody. You go to a movie. You think it's a fantastic movie. You start telling everybody, oh, man, did you see Aquaman? Did you, you, know, did you go here? Oh, did you see that part? How would you like that part? Over and over. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. And Peter believed deeper because of the Holy Spirit, and he spoke boldly, very, very boldly. In fact, he goes on in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Boldness, and he goes on and says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. So let me ask you a question right here. On a scale of 1 to 10, how does your boldness for Christ amaze people? On a scale of 1 to 10... Just rate yourself right now on that app. Just, just fill in a number there. With, with one being people are completely unmoved because I am not bold. I have no impact on anyone because of my lack of boldness. Or just like the, the leaders there said, they were totally amazed because of the incredible boldness of Peter and John. That would be a 10. See, you see, Let me put it this way, Uh, when we look at that scale, and go ahead and rate yourself, you you know, no one's going to look at that, but just just be honest, you're in church, it's a good time to be honest. Every time's a good time, but especially here. I, I mean, for many of us, in terms of being bold, you know you're bold about your faith because right now you're sitting with friends and co-workers that you've invited to church. And they're with you every week now. And they're inviting friends and family members and co-workers. And you've got a whole row full of people. Same time, some of us have been coming to church for decades and decades. And that scales on a real low side. Because there's really no, no fruit to speak of that, can be, that really can be seen. And so I want to coach you up now. I, I want to I, I show you how to grow bold. How to grow bold, because it doesn't just happen overnight. It has to be, you have to be real intentional, real deliberate about it. And so here's the first thing I would say. Spend more time with Jesus. The more time that you spend with Jesus, the more boldness comes into your life. Again, let's look at it. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, you don't have to have a seminary degree, They were unschooled. They were ordinary men. We'll get back to this in just a second. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They were unschooled, ordinary men. Who is it that God was using? All throughout the the New Testament that we see here, all throughout the Bible, ordinary men and women just like you, just like me, regular, that this word, unschooled, is pretty interesting In the original language of the New Testament, which is Greek, uh, a form of Greek that that the New Testament was written in, this word unschooled is the Greek word, check this out, idiotas. Idiotas, which is where we get our English word, I bet you guessed it, idiot. Idiotas. They were idiots. They were unschooled. They were idiotas. They were idiots. Who is it that God uses most often? Idiots who have been with Jesus. Unschooled people that have been with Jesus. That, that's not to, to say that there isn't a place for education, for the discipline of study and, and being diligent. Uh, you know, I've, I've got all kinds of alphabet, alphabet soup after my name because of degrees and stuff like that. But that doesn't make you bold. Sometimes it just makes you weird. Weird. They were idiotas, unschooled, ordinary men. But they'd been with Jesus. See, here's the thing. This is why it's so important, I think, to start off your day every day spending some time with Jesus. Quiet time. Ten minutes. Reading your Bible. Praying. Just in, in devotion. Reading a devotional. Because... When we don't, we get spiritually distracted. We get consumed with the things of the world. At least I do. I'm just being honest. I I get too caught up in all the stuff that's got to get done, even in ministry, and I forget the one that the ministry is all about, and it's Jesus. Jesus first. Jesus at the center of everything, just like we talked about in our Christmas services uh, when we talked about the nativity story. That's how we build our faith. That's how when we spend time with Jesus, it builds a sense of spiritual urgency in our lives. It gives us confidence. It gives us boldness. And God, by his Holy Spirit, works through our life. More time with Christ, more boldness we have. So how do you grow more bold? First thing is this. There's only two points. First thing is this. Spend more time with Jesus. Jesus. Second thing, how do I grow more, more bold? Ask God to make you bold. Ask God. God, I need more boldness. Listen, there is nothing in life that is so thrilling and fulfilling as seeing someone turn their heart toward Jesus Christ and watch God begin to transform their life. There is nothing. I, I, listen, I, I've thrown touchdowns <laughs> I've I've got my name in the paper for that kind of stuff. I've I've, I've preached before huge crowds of people. I've done all that kind of stuff. Nothing, nothing in this world compares to, to sharing your faith with someone else and you see their life turn toward Jesus Christ and him transform their life by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's worth asking God, for boldness. I, I wish everyone could experience that. I, I, if you've never, I mean, I, there, there's just nothing like it. Once you, once you experience that one time, you just want it more and more. You want to you share when you're experiencing what God's doing in your life and you realize, I'm not the person I used to be. You want to share that with everyone. You want your friends, your family members, your coworkers, you want them to experience that as well. And so ask God to make you bold Let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you prayed and asked God to give you more boldness? Have you ever? When was the last time you prayed that prayer? You know, so many times our prayers are, God, give me this, give me this. How about God give me boldness to do what you want me to do, and that's to share my faith with other people. The Religious leaders, uh, they continued to threaten Peter and John. The other disciples threatened them with going to prison, jail, and even death. And, and then they, they went back to the other believers and, and look at what happened in Acts chapter four, verse 29, as they prayed. This is how they prayed after being threatened with jail and possibly even death. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. They're like, God, make us even more bold. Make us even more bold. Now listen, you and I, chances are, in our lifetime, here in the United States, we're, we're never going to be threatened with jail time or death for sharing our faith. But, but I know people all around the world that literally, that is what is hanging in the balance if they share their faith. Jail time, prison time, maybe even Death. Certainly torture. Some are watching this right now around the world. All different kind of places around the world. And yet they're bold. They're bold. And for us here in the United States, we get really, really worried and concerned, scared because someone might not like us. Because someone might get offended. Because... We want them to experience the love of Jesus Christ. They said, make us more bold. They prayed and asked for it. So many times our prayers were, keep us safe, don't let anything bad happen to us. But when we pray that God would give us more boldness, we spend more time with Jesus Christ, you know what, we begin to turn from selfish to selfless. From selfish to selfless. We begin to deny ourselves. We're not living for just today. We begin to live for eternity. See, the reality is that when your life is over and, and my life is over, we'll live somewhere forever. Every single one of us. This is the life on this planet is just a blank compared to eternity. Eternal life is what waits every single person. Every single person, every single human, every single human being. We're gonna be living in the presence of God and the glory of God in heaven forever or the horror, as the Bible talks about, eternal separation and torment in hell. You know, uh, I'm not a real hellfire and brimstone kind of preacher, but but if I'm gonna serve you as your pastor, I, I can't smooth over this that the Bible makes it very, very clear God's word every one of us will spend eternity in one of two places either heaven in incredible blessedness and glory sharing in the glory and giving God glory in heaven or eternal separation and torment in hell words aren't really adequate uh, to capture hell's excruciation and anguish and horror at the same time uh, That separation and outer darkness of realizing how different it could have been for all eternity had I just received Christ as my Savior. That's how the Bible describes hell. It's a place of eternal torment. It's not some rock show party on, it's torment, absolute torment. It's sorrow. The Bible describes it as eternal destruction. Eternal destruction. Indescribable suffering day after day, night after night for all eternity. Not for a hundred years, not for a thousand years, not for a million or a hundred million. You still haven't scratched the surface of eternity. This is why Jesus said some crazy things. He said, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. It's better to go into heaven with one eye than hell for all eternity with two. Serious stuff. The same way that words can't describe, words are inadequate to describe what hell is going to be like, words are inadequate to describe really what what heaven is going to be like as well. Words can't capture the, the blessedness the the glory, the incredible, the awesomeness of what heaven is going to be like. In First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. For those who, on your best day, your best day, your, your most incredible memory, the greatest experience you've ever had. Is nothing compared to what heaven's going to be. It's nothing. You can't, I can't imagine it. I've never seen it. The most beautiful sunset, nothing. It looks like garbage compared to what heaven's going to be like. The, the greatest joy compared to the, the joy and the elation of heaven, the greatest joy, that moment of joy in your life is going to look like total and complete depression compared to the joy of heaven compared to the joy of heaven. See, like I said, I'm not a hellfire and brimstone preacher, but we got to talk about it sometimes because the Bible makes it very, very clear. The reason, there's, there's a real deliberate reason why I'm not talking about hell, 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 hell all the time. In Romans chapter two, verse four, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repent. It's not the fear of hell. It's not the fear of hell. It's the goodness of God. It's his kindness. It's what he's done for you and done for me through sending his son, Jesus Christ, to live a sinless life that every one of us should have lived. God expected us to live, but we haven't, have we? But Jesus came to live a sinless life and to lay that life down as a sacrifice and a substitute for you and for me. Took my place, took your place on the cross and rose again three days later to declare paid in full, forgiveness for all those who had received that sacrifice see heaven is not a place where good people go that's not what heaven is heaven is a place where forgiven people go none of us will ever be good enough none of us will ever deserve it that's why jesus lived that's why he died that's why he rose again heaven's not a place for good people heaven's a place for forgiven people I love this in Revelation chapter 21, right at the end there. John, one of one of Jesus' disciples, the Apostle John, God gave him this incredible vision in eternity, of eternity. Listen to how he just tries to describe, but describe something that's really indescribable. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 7. John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. See, God's going to roll this all this creation up like a scroll and he's going to start over. A new heaven and a new earth. It's going to be absolutely perfect. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. Then it goes on and says, And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. And he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them for all time, for all eternity. It goes on and says, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. He'll wipe every tear from our eyes. Death, sorrow, pain is gone. Absolutely gone. All these things are gone forever. Forever. Because of Jesus Christ. And for every person who receives Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, his sacrifice for the forgiveness of their sins. But it doesn't end there, it goes on. And the one sitting on the throne said, It is finished. Sound familiar, huh? It's one of Jesus' favorite phrases. It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of, wa- springs of the water of life. And he continues to speak. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. See, we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. Boldness. But when we recognize what heaven, just get a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like for all eternity. And we recognize what hell is going to be like for all eternity. And and we spend more time with Jesus. And we pray that, we ask God to make us more bold. then, then we believe deeply. We believe deeply. And so we share boldly our faith. A timid and a a weak faith will never reach a lost and a broken world. A timid and a weak faith will never reach a lost and broken world. I've heard it put this way before. For those who receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the best is yet to come. The best day you've ever had on this planet in your life, you ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come. For those who reject Jesus that do not receive him and his sacrifice for their sins this world is as good as it's ever going to get. As messed up as broken as this world is it's going to be even worse. Even worse. That's, that's what hangs in the balance. And, and, and for us to experience that fulfillment in this life that Jesus came to give every single one of us, it means in 2019 that we become less selfish and more selfless. I think it begins with growing in boldness. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your, your word that, that startles us sometimes, that shocks us, that even amazes us. Father, right now we just pray, God, I pray, give me boldness. Lord, help me to be more bold this year than I've ever been before. Father, I just, I, I pray right now. Every single person in the hearing my voice, if, if that's your prayer, God, I ask for more boldness. Just say it right now with me. God, I ask for more boldness. God, I ask for more boldness to share my faith. Thank you, Father, that that we can pray this knowing that we're praying it according to your will. And and, and Lord, that this is what you want for every one of us. And so, Lord, we just want to leave the, the timidity of the past in 2018. And Lord, may we be more bold in 2019 for your sake. Thank you, Father. And right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give an opportunity for, for anyone and everyone. If you're here watching this in our Poughkeepsie campus or online, you've never taken that opportunity to pray and just receive Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for you through his sinless life, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection. I want to lead you into prayer right now. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all it takes. Believing. Declaring with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believing in our heart God raised him from the dead. And so right now, I just invite you just to open your heart up, and you can repeat this prayer after me in a whisper even. It's not about embarrassing you publicly or anything like that. It's about opening your heart to Jesus Christ and receiving him as your Lord and Savior. Just pray this prayer after me right now. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from them now and I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I ask you to lead me guide me, direct my life from this day forward by your Holy Spirit and I will follow you. Amen.